You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now to get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked On Mets on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. Alright, so it's going to be a little bit tough here to think about what we're going to talk about on Locked On Mets over the next couple days as the Mets are not playing any games as we wrap up this All-Star break with the schedule resuming on Friday. So on today's show, we're going to talk about the All-Star game. Um, Do that in the first half. Later on, I want to talk about Mickey Calloway, where he stands right now with the Mets. It looks like he will be their manager for the remainder of the year. But before we get into any of that, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. If you want to find some of my writing about the Mets, go to MetsmerizedOnline.com. Great site covering all things New York Mets. Okay, so the Mets had three All-Stars in the game this year. That is, you know, a rarity for a team that has as bad of a record as the Mets do this year. But that just shows you the upper echelon of talent that does exist on this roster. And Jacob deGrom is the mainstay. He has been their ace dating back to 2015, really even 2014 when he was the Rookie of the Year. And he is now a three-time All-Star. So no surprise that he was at the game. Also no surprise that he pitched a 1-2-3 inning with a strikeout. He looked absolutely filthy out there. Really does have unbelievable stuff. It's great to watch him pitching in these type of situations. It seems like DeGrom really gets himself up for the big moments. And we saw it when he did get to the playoffs that one time in 2015. How well he performed throughout that stretch. And in the All-Star games, you see it. He's someone who just really takes pride in what he does. And really so far, if it was not for a Mike Trout home run that he allowed in the 2000. Uh, 18 All-Star game last year, DeGrom would pretty much be perfect out there. I mean, his first performance ever in the All-Star game, if you remember, was in 2015 where he struck out the side with just 10 pitches. So he almost had one of those immaculate innings in an All-Star game. And really from that point on, he just continues to show that he is one of the best handful of pitchers in baseball. Now, Pete Alonso continued his coming-out party at the All-Star game. While he did strike out in his first at-bat, the spotlight remained on him. He had an interview during one inning. You know, they did that a lot with players where they mic'd him up. And it's really one of the cooler things that I saw throughout the broadcast. I'll be completely honest, the All-Star game, for me, it's kind of losing its appeal. It just doesn't feel the way it used to. And, you know, I'm only 23 years old, so, I mean, have I even seen what the best of the All-Star game used to be? Uh, I don't know. It's just, I don't, I never liked the rule where, you know, the winner of the All-Star game got the home field advantage in the World Series. It just was not fair at all to any great National League teams when the American League was really dominating the All-Star game and has 
for the last 20 or 30 years that they were always getting the home field. So I didn't like that, but th- there's just no stakes attached to the game. It's it's like all All-Star Game in sports. I don't think the Pro Bowl is very exciting anymore. The NBA All-Star Game is, you know, there's no defense played. It got a little bit more exciting last year when they you know attached some money to it for charity, and maybe that's a move that Major League Baseball can make. It seemed to motivate a little bit more of a competitive game, but I don't really know. I think what I enjoyed most about this All-Star break is getting to see some of the characters in this game that you don't often hear from, you know, get a platform to have their voices heard, and I think moving forward, that should be the focus of the All-Star weekend, you know? You're trying to groom young kids into liking this game of baseball. And honestly, it's a tough sell compared to the quick pace of football and basketball. And especially what those two sports do a really good job of, especially the NBA, is interacting with fans through social media. A lot of those guys have their faces out there. I mean, NBA stars, to me, are really the most popular athletes we have. When you just look at the commercials they have, and everything else. And so there's a big problem there. And I think Major League Baseball could use the All-Star Weekend as a platform to for these guys to become bigger stars. You know, maybe you do some type of a skills competition as you're seeing the success of the Home Run Derby. Like, let's get all the infields in baseball there. You know, or get, you know, maybe you elect the top two or three or whatever it is from each league double play combinations and have a double play combination like tournament. I mean, that's something that we did when I played travel baseball at a major tournament back in the day. Those were little things that we did. Another thing that we did, uh, if I remember was it was a being the Bob, uh, event where they had the boxing dummy, you know, the one that's just the, the upper torso and the head of a guy. And if you hit the head, you got like five points. If you hit the body, I think you got three points. If you hit the base of the thing, you got one point. And it was like a controlled pitching competition. Now, they can do a lot more with their pitchers, with the technology and everything else, and do something like that as well. I mean, I think the Pro Bowl is starting to do a lot of that with their skills competition. They have a dodgeball game. Why can't baseball do that? I think there's a lot of things that they can do. And I'm not saying you throw out the game altogether, but... It's starting to to get that way where people just don't care as much about these All-Star games. And I think you have to bring up the fanfare around everything else around it to really increase the popularity of the game. I'll tell you something. That was completely off the cuff, people. I was not even planning on doing that tangent. Back to Pete Alonso, though. He had a great chance there in his second at-bat to maybe win an All-Star game MVP as he came up with his team down 4-1 to one and the bases loaded with two outs. And you thought, if he hits a grand slam here, he might not just go home the home run derby champ. He might go home the All-Star Game MVP as well. Pete Alonso did not hit a grand slam, unfortunately, but he did get a base hit, driving two runs, so he led the NL and RBIs as the game finished with a final score of 4-3. to three. Now, Jeff McNeil was the third All-Star to make the trip, and he only got one at bat. He flew out. I found it kind of interesting that McNeil played left field when they put him into the game, a position that we didn't even think he could play at the start of the season, and now he's playing that position in an All-Star game, which I thought was pretty cool. And for McNeil, I think that has been one of the more impressive things of his season, that 
has gone undercovered, I would say, because the hitting is obvious, but the fact that he has played a really good outfield has been incredible because you just don't see that. I saw a stat where his first jump was the best on the team outside of Juan Lagarest. So that's the one thing that you wonder with an infielder playing the outfield is can he get a quick jump? Can he make those reads? And McNeil is just a great ball player. That's what it comes down to. He is just, his instincts for the game are incredible. And he's able to use that wherever he plays. Left field, right field, second base, third base. He's not going to hurt you out there defensively. And in a day and age where a lot of these guys, if you look at the All-Stars, are playing multiple positions, it's big to have that super utility guy that can be in your lineup every day but spell, you know, whatever you need him around the field can spell your guys. It's really important. I mean, you look right now, Cody Bellinger came up as a first baseman. But now, because of what the Dodgers have in their roster, he's pretty much an outfielder. He plays some center field. He plays a lot of right field. It's, you know, he's a super athlete. He's able to do that. And so you just see guys like him. Whit Merrifield for the Royals plays center field, right field, second base. Uh, you know, Marwin Gonzalez for the Astros all those years, now for the Twins. He plays all over the diamond. There's just these guys that can do that. And McNeil is proving to not only be able to be a plus bat that you want to keep in the lineup, but also a plus fielder wherever you put him out there. It truly is impressive. And I also did find myself feeling not, a, I don't want to say feeling bad for Jeff McNeil because he really enjoyed himself. I'm sure just being there at the All Star game was great for him, but after the game, I saw something that when McNeil did come up to bat, they had Jacob DeGrom's face uh, on the scoreboard instead of his, and he even said after the game that he was really disappointed because he had family there that was expecting to see him up there, and to see DeGrom up there, it's just, it's an unfortunate mistake that obviously wasn't intentional. I still kind of felt bad as I saw Pete Alonso get all this attention, You know, DeGrom's already a made man, and it didn't seem like McNeil really got much national attention. I don't think that any casual fan still knows who Jeff McNeil is. And this is the guy leading the majors in batting. And one of the moments that really kind of struck me, I'm pretty sure it was John Smoltz that said it, but they were talking about Pete Alonso and how, despite what the Mets have done this year, how he's a guy who gets it, who plays the right way and everything else. And I think Smoltz says... They just need eight other guys to do that. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, if you watch the way Jeff McNeil plays, everything you're talking about with Pete Alonso, McNeil has the same. I mean, if not more so in some senses. I mean, the intangibles that he possesses are off the charts. And I think eventually he will be a household name that people you know, around the sport know. I just don't think it happened at this All-Star break. So I feel a little bad about that, but... I think he has a long career to kind of make that name for himself. Anyway, when we get back in the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about Mickey Calloway. All right, you are back listening to Locked On Mets, and let's talk about the manager. Now, one story that I'm pretty positive I have not covered on this show is the one that came out of the New York Post the other day about general manager Brody Van Wagenen meeting with the coaches after a loss last week and basically going on a tirade and throwing a chair 
So we now have an incident where our manager went after a reporter and our general manager has, you know, stooped to the level of throwing a chair at his coaches for a bullpen not performing when he was the one who constructed that bullpen. And that alone is really tone deaf. I mean, you're yelling at the wrong people. I understand if there was some big, huge blunders by the coaching staff in that game, but I don't remember any, honestly. I think it was after the game where Edwin Diaz gave up uh, the four runs after a DeGrom start. So I think that was the one where this happened. And anyway, he ends up telling Mickey Calloway to conduct his bleeping press conference and dismisses him from the room, which... I just don't like it, okay? I'm really starting to turn, like, Mickey Calloway, I don't think he's a good manager. I don't. I really don't. I think that, you know, his actions in that clubhouse tirade were irrehensible. I'm not talking about the one Brody just had. I'm talking about the one he had in in Wrigley Field a couple weeks ago. Still, though, he is more of a lame duck manager than I've ever seen. No one thinks that there's any path for this guy to have the job long term. But telling him to go do his press conference that way, it's almost like, go ahead, man. You keep you know fielding all the bullets for me. Go out there. And it's a shame because Brody Van Wagenen, I'd say the thing that he does the best so far is handle himself in a press conference. I mean, he has that me salesman type thing as an agent, and he knows how to answer questions, and he's really good at it. And the fact of the matter is, is Brody has been ducking the media recently, not making himself available. Apparently, he's going to be made available on Friday before the Mets start their series against the Marlins. But Sandy Alderson would make himself available to the media before every single home series. Brody's not doing that. And so to dismiss Callaway to a press conference in that manner, it's kind of like that's all you're good for. You're just going to take the heat. And you're going to continue to take the heat as long as we're paying you. It's just so, it's such a bad look. It really is. I just want them to put the guy out of his misery and fire him. I mean, I don't know what that would do for the team. I don't think that this team has any chance to come back in it. Sometimes changing a manager does, you know, make a team play a little differently. They play a little looser when they get a new guy in there. So that could be the case. I just think that at this point, it would have made sense for them to fire him two months ago after that incident. There were so many times they can fire the guy. And really, you're looking at your last window right now to fire him. Because we haven't heard any reports, but this would have been the time where Brody Van Wagenen could have potentially interviewed some candidates if he wanted to, or at least could have set up a contingency plan or a following plan after firing him, what they would do for the rest of the season. So this would be the time to do so. And I guess it could still happen, although there's no reports indicating it will. But if it doesn't happen before they start that series against the Marlins, I'm pretty sure he's here for the rest of the year. Because what other low can this team go through that they haven't already? Like, this team has seen it all when it comes to the bad things that you can go through in a season, and he remains the manager. So I think it's just going to be a situation where they're going to let Callaway be that guy and just continue to take the bullets for the rest of the season. 
then they'll fire him, and then Brody Van Wagenen will have the rest of the league that he can interview once all the other teams are done playing. And that is a good time to conduct your managerial search. It is better than in-season. I just think an interim manager like a Luis Rojas, even a Jim Riggleman, would just be better right now because it's just so much negative energy surrounding Nicky Calloway, whether it's brought upon himself or from the other people in the front office and in the organization. It's just it's time for a change, and I don't think we're going to be getting one. Anyway, throughout the rest of the week, I'm going to try to get one of the beat guys on to talk about the trade deadline. It looks like the Mets are open for business. There's reports that Noah Syndergaard might get traded. Zach Wheeler might be traded. So a lot of things that could happen. We'll try to talk about those throughout the rest of the week. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, Tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets.